as the myth turns. Because mythology is the greatest soap opera of all time. With your cultural interns, Eris and Z. Interns because we're not professionals. And we're not getting paid. Hey guys, it's Eris. And I'm Z. And today we are going to talk about American mythology and folklore. Uh, it's for our celebration of Fourth of July, which was yesterday, which is our Independence Day. Yep. And yeah, so we we've got a bunch of our 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 brand of folklore and uh, and a lot a lot of our urban legends. Yeah. To to talk about today, I think Z, you had one. Uh, the, let's talk about the Jersey Devil. Yes. Okay. So the Jersey Devil is super popular, but I actually didn't know a whole hell of a lot about it. Yeah, um, I knew of it. Yeah, and almost weirdly, like kind of what it looks like. Yeah. But like, just, I assumed it lives in Jersey. It does. Nice. Okay. <laughs> cool. Got that one. So it's also known as the Leeds Devil, and it's the oldest urban legend, like super popular one that I found oh, neat. Uh, for this particular episode. Uh, Jersey Devil, aka Leeds Devil, um, is from the Pine Barrens of southern New Jersey. Okay. There were supposedly sightings before the 1900s. But in 1909 is where it really kind of began to solidify. So the the Jersey Devil is like some kind of flying two-legged thing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they say it looks like a kangaroo. Sometimes it looks like a wyvern. Mm-hmm. Um, it has like hooves and bat wings and either like a goat or a horse head. Right. Uh, Very horns. like Baphomet-esque. Yes. Like the, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Small arms. A forked tail, and it uh, is known for emitting, like, a blood-curling scream. Oh, okay, so like a fox. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Have you ever heard a fox scream? Yeah. Yeah. So that's what it looks like, but the the legend behind it is that there was old woman Leeds, L-E-E-D-S, who had 12 kids, and then Mm -hmm. she became married, or uh, pregnant, uh, with her 13, and was Mm -hmm. so upset that she, like, cursed the child in her womb. She gave- I would, too. Yeah, that's a lot of children. <laughs> she she gave birth and the child was normal, but at like just before everyone's eyes, the child turned into like this weird misshapen devil thing, killed the midwife and flew up and out the chimney and then began to kidnap and kill children in in the the area. They believe that this old woman leads is based off of Deborah Leeds, whose husband was Jaffet Leeds. They were Quakers, but okay. she did in fact have 12 children or at least Jaffet did. He named them in his will in 1736 there were he had 12 children probably her kids probably yeah especially if he was a quaker but you never know coincidentally their family crest has a wyvern on it Hmm. so which you know they say the body of the jersey devil kind of looks like yeah yeah Um, kind of like um not quite dragon (laughs) yeah so that's that's kind of that's kind of what they think the old woman leads is based off of that wasn't kind of the original telling originally it was like maybe the mother was a witch or the mother was a witch and the father was the devil himself yeah so yeah that's kind of that's kind of what that is and like people still say that they see the jersey devil it's still like very prevalent kind of in that culture in the area yeah i mean even now like today yeah like oh it's the jersey devil kind of there's like i've I've heard of like jersey devil like campouts Mm -hmm. like you know go to the pine barrens and then try to try to see if you can catch a glimpse of it almost like sasquatch hunting that's a super common thing for for us i know like other cultures like when they have some shit that fucks around they're like we are not fucking with that like, yeah. like that 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 thing is meant to be over there. We are meant to be over here. That's that. But Americans have a very big fascination with like ghost hunting and like finding Sasquatch. In fact, we in fact 
we have a, like our history channel, like pretty much like 50 fucking percent of our shows are like finding Sasquatch, finding ghosts, like finding demons. I just say, like, like <laughs> the Americans listening to this podcast knows this already. Yeah. But like to our international listeners, we have this channel on, on TV yes. called the history channel <laughs> that tells us everything but history. Yes. It's it is the it is the channel that has the weird alien conspiracies. Alien conspiracies. It has like kind of like I wouldn't even say tangentially related to history anymore. Mm-hmm. They just have weird like sometimes they'll have like weird mythology based shows. Yeah. But honestly not in like that oh here's a culture thing, but like they'll have like oh Vikings Let's not do any historical research at all and just talk about the cool guys with axes. Yeah. That's like, it. Let's, let's we'll just make it all up. It's fine. We're the history channel. Yeah. And or then, they're, they're really like, let's theorize what it would be like if a Viking was just as murderous as we want him to be. Like, and that's yeah. it. Like, that's the show. Yeah. <laughs> and there's also, um, for a while there, there was a show that was basically like, almost like Pirate versus Ninja. In its yeah. construction, they took like people from history, like these, mm-hmm. like oh, what, how would a would a samurai win against a whatever? And it was just, just play land make believe. Yeah, <laughs> the entire absolutely. show, the barest amount of historical research. Honestly, like I've seen better historical research on CBS. Yep, <laughs> just History Channel has nothing to do with history. It's us. Yeah. It's us. That's us in a little capsule that's american right there (laughs) okay so one of the things that uh, i remember seeing on like the history channel as a kid and maybe i don't necessarily know if it was produced by history channel but i remember seeing it on there Mm -hmm. um was lost tapes which was kind of like american basically this episode in a television series um and so they one of the things they talked about was lizard man who um, is from, like, Lee County, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. He's also known as, like, the Lizard Man of Scape or Swamp. And I remember seeing the, sh- the, the show, like, he lived in a sewer and, like, a journalist went down there. And it was supposed to be, like, in a documentary style. Uh, um, but it yeah. was, like, it was, like, super fake. Like, when I got older, I was like, what do you mean there's not really a lizard that lives in a sewer somewhere and ate some journalists that had to, like... It was, like, Dateline <laughs> style? Like, yeah. reenactment? Yeah! And I, like, <laughs> okay. I was a kid, so I didn't realize that. I was like, oh my god, I just caught this glimpse of this lizard man. This is, like, fucking blowing my mind! Right. But no, that's not what that is. So, but Lizard Man is, like, a real thing. Well, a real urban legend. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. In the 1980s, a 70-year... Uh, not 17. A 17-year-old um, was working late. He got a flat tire. And while he was changing his tire, he saw this lizard guy who was, like, seven feet tall, green, scaly, had red eyes, and, like, three fingers. This this boy's name was Christopher Davis. Okay. Um, and so after he said that he saw this, other people began to, to see it, just like they're the eyes flashing in the light and things like that kind of mothman style and nobody's ever really caught lizard man uh somebody said supposedly that they shot him but then he later admitted that it was just for publicity but kind of the the interesting thing about it is christopher davis was shot in what i found like had it in quotations indicating that it might have been false but in an apparent drug related holdup and in his own home in 2009, he was only 37. Huh. So, and I, th- I think that's what the Lost Tapes episode was based off of. Mr. Man was involved with drugs. Yeah. See, I'm just going to create more mythos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Lizard Man deals drugs. Yeah. <laughs> but also, one of the another episode of the Lost Tapes was the Oklahoma Octopus. 
And we're in Oklahoma, and I have never heard of this up until the Lost Tapes, and everybody that I talked to about it has never heard of it either, unless they watched Lost Tapes. (laughs) I heard of it, but only because... um, I be- I can't remember where I was. I believe I was in Washington State, mm-hmm. like a road trip, spring break kind of thing. And uh, we ended up going to this store that had like, you know how some, some stores, like we, we've got one here, Ida Red, that's just like mm. a bunch of knickknacks. It's kind yeah. of almost tourist trap slash souvenir based. Yeah. A lot of yeah. it's kind of, you got stuff based on the town and then, and then you got like weird soaps and stuff. Yeah. So we were in this kind of shop and it had a big poster of the urban legends of every state, like all the big yeah. ones. Yeah. And it had the Oklahoma octopus for Oklahoma. And I was like, we have no urban legends that they had to make up one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, and then I realized like, no, apparently this octopus is like a thing that I'm like, okay, spoilers. (laughs) We live in Oklahoma. Yeah. Really the first time I heard of it Mm -hmm. was when I was like 20. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's, we have lakes for sure. That's about it. I, I want to say <laughs> Oklahoma has like the most landlaid, man-made lakes of any state. I feel yeah. like I heard somebody bragging about that one time when I was a teenager. We and do. I was like, that's not a thing to brag about. That's dumb. We, um, we also, <laughs> if you count literally the the loosest definition of coastline. Yeah. Including creeks mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like if you, if you count that and but all of our lakes, we do have a ton of lakes. Despite the fact like Minnesota is supposed to be like the land of lakes. Like we have more. Yeah. Um, than, than Minnesota. We have the most coastline. Yeah. In Oklahoma. Which is pretty good for a landlocked state. <laughs> yeah. <I'm> <laughs> I, 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 I know too that like in Oklahoma, it's illegal to go whale hunting, which is, <laughs> which is hilarious. But I kind of feel like maybe it goes hand in hand with this. So, so the Oklahoma octopus is a, a cryptid who lives mm-hmm. in one of the man-made lakes, kind of a couple of different versions say it's Lake Thunderbird, Ulaga Lake, mm-hmm. um, or Lake Tenkiller. Yeah, I think um, I've heard Tenkiller. Which I've been to Ulaga, so I don't know. I never saw it, uh-huh. but whatever. But they say that they're, they're, they're proof of this, that they being kind of the proverbial, like people that tell urban yeah. legends. Uh, they say that the proof is in the many drownings, but also all of those lakes are very well known for people going to go camping and getting extremely drunk at. Oh, yeah. So. I, w- I don't <laughs> know if that's an oklahoma thing i'm suspecting it's an american culture thing yeah that when you go camping you that get means drinking outside yeah yeah it's like you know you put up a tent you probably got a grill or it's a lot of times our campgrounds have like if you go to a campground there's like a built-in grill yeah you know so there's so there's some of that aspect you know there's a building a campfire but then you bring you have your big cooler mm-hmm. and then a little cooler the little coolers fill of food and the yeah. big cool little booze. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Like you go there to drink in nature, or maybe you just drink out of the house so your parents can't yell at you for drinking so much. I, right, I, I right. guess. I don't know. That's what camping is for. Yeah. For, for a lot of Americans. I, I don't partake in that, but you know. Um, but supposedly, yeah, I don't like to. If I'm going to go camping, I want to enjoy the nature. What? Also, beer is gross. What is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> I guess don't drink I'm... beer, drink whiskey. Come on. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I, um, if I'm going to be outside, I'm going to be drunk for it. That's going to be the next episode. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. So supposedly the Oklahoma octopus is the size of a horse. It's like leathery and reddish brown. This doesn't sound like an octopus, but all right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, whatever. But you know, some people say that it could really be real because there have been sharks that have adapted to freshwater. But the only known instance of an octopus being in freshwater was like, it was like 10 week old octopus that they found in Lake Conway.
Conway in Arkansas. And the they don't think that it was like scientists don't think that it was there for very long. And the only reason that they were able to catch it is because it had been swept up against a dam's gate. And that was oh, okay. the only reason they found it. And they don't think it was there for very long. And it like showed no signs of adapting. So Okay, so it could have been like gotten stuck there and then was like kind of slowly dying. Yeah. Because it wasn't getting in the nutrients and stuff it needed. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, I guess it's an urban legend, but literally every Oklahoman I has, have talked to are like, no, that's that's just drunk people. Yeah. <laughs> like, so... <laughs> Alternate theory, if you still... Because, like, I'm, I'm, I like cryptids. I'm big on cryptids. I don't think necessarily cryptids are, like, real, real, but I love learning about mm-hmm. them. Another possibility, it's not an octopus. We just got it fucking wrong. There's something in there and something in the lake. Something that's yeah. kind of a little less... Not not quite explainable. Yeah. We just call it an octopus because, you know, we're Oklahomans and we didn't realize it wasn't an octopus. It's just like, I don't know, really big fish or something. Okay. Could have been a catfish. So Who I knows? Kinda, Maybe we just got it wrong. I kind of have, I have a, a tangential story, like a tangentially related story. When I was maybe like nine or so, um, we went camping and we borrowed like my uncle's wife's parents boat or something (laughs) and it was a man-made lake and we tied a rope to the back of the boat in true red hick style and tied (laughs) an inner tube to it okay and so we took turns sitting in the inner tube and the like my uncle would drive the boat around and like make really big turns and you know just fun Yeah, yeah yeah so he made a really sharp turn while i was in it and the uh rudder I think is what it's called. Yeah. Yeah. So the rudder cut the rope and it cut me loose. And so he took off one way and I flipped head over in the water, lost the inner tube. Thankfully I was wearing like my life vest. Good. But like, I remember sitting in the water waiting for them to come back for me and just like, I don't know if it was like my brain or if it was like part of the rope or something, but something touched my leg. I lost my shit, (laughs) like swam as fast as I could back to the boat and, um, like, shortly thereafter, I saw the episode of Lost Tapes with this Oklahoma octopus. And I was like, I cannot believe I lived. Like, I lived to tell the tale. <laughs> but, like, like as an adult, I'm like, no, odds are it was just, like, part of the rope that, like, was, was still just, attached to the inner tube. Or just, like, I don't know, something in the lake. Like a, a fish? fish <laughs> like, or, like, I don't know, pollution. I don't know. There's a, right. lot, of, there's a lot of shit in our lakes. Yeah. <laughs> also, also, one of the things, too, is if it's a man-made, if, the, if this octopus is in a man-made lake, somebody had to put it there. So, like... Yeah. It would be more well known, but... I don't know, or not. Or not. Or not. Hey guys, this is Eris, cutting in for our regularly scheduled commercial break. First, I'd like to thank Packmill Photography for sponsoring this episode. They are a photography business based in Kuwait, Oklahoma. They do personal and personnel photography, and you can check them out at packmillphotography.com. I'd also like to thank Mac Boyle for producing this show and giving us valuable advice and also letting us crash his house and record these things and make a mess of things with nary even an odd look. Um, <laughs> I think he's a saint and we should find some miracles to attribute to him. Uh, and I'd also like to thank our listeners. You guys have been great. You've been giving us comments and I, I personally am just astounded by you guys. I love you so much and thanks for listening to our show. <sighs> Today's random fact of the day is brought to you by Z. So every 4th of July in America, families all across the states uh, set off explosives for funsies, oftentimes (laughs) intoxicated. And um, on average, 230 of those families find their way into the hospital with firework-related injuries. Um, 74% of them are men. 35% of them are between the ages of 25 and 44. 
And more than 50% of the injuries are burn-related. Most of the time, it's to the head and fingers and eyes and hands. Yikes. Yep. (laughs) Well, ouch. Back (laughs) to the episode. Okay, so uh, moving away from the cryptids, which we we have a lot of, we could do a cryptid episode for sure, which yeah. we probably will. There's other types of uh, folklore mm-hmm. that's that's really big in America, and like honestly, the biggest one I think we were all thinking like when we were pitching this episode was uh, George Washington and the Cherry Tree. Yeah, that's a that's a really common. It's a thing you learn in like elementary school. Yeah, it's it's a it's um parable essentially about mm-hmm. honesty yeah and i mean the, the story goes i mean you probably heard it but just the the story goes when george washington who was our first president when he was six years old he got a hatchet from his father and so the first thing he did i guess was go and chop down his father's favorite cherry tree mm-hmm. and so when his father came out i was like kiddo like what are you doing and and george washington supposedly famously said father i cannot tell tell a lie I chopped down this tree. Yeah. And his father was like so moved by his son's honesty that he was just like, oh, your honesty is worth a thousand trees and blah, blah, blah. Mm. Anyway, forgave him and basically like, hey, if you just don't lie about the, you know, random crimes you've committed, it's going to be okay or something. <laughs> is I guess the lesson that we're supposed to learn from that? Yeah. Uh, not true. Yeah. That story did not happen. George Washington. In fact, that story was invented uh, in 1806. Mm-hmm. Uh, George Washington, by the way, died in 1799. So, yeah. like, this was not even while the man was alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but basically, when he died in 1799, he was the first president. He was very, like, a big part of our culture, especially when he was alive and, and only grew thereafter when he died. And so an author slash itinerant preacher mm-hmm. <laughs> um, wrote a book, the, the Life of Washington in 1800. It wasn't until the fifth edition in 1806 that he added in the Cherry Tree Story. Mm. So it wasn't even in the original book. Yeah. It was in the fifth edition of the book. But that one, that one's just a huge myth in, in our culture. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it has, a, it has a decent moral. Like, hey, just like, be honest. Own up to your mistakes. Yeah. Or whatever. I mean, if you start to look into a little further, you're like, kid, why'd you... First of all, you're six years old and you chopped down a tree. Like, yikes. Was it a young tree? Like, that's a lot of power. I'm yeah. chopping down a tree is hard. Yeah. And second of all, the first thing you do with the... First of all, you give a kid a hatchet. Okay, maybe. <laughs> like, you chop a tree with it? I guess. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. There wasn't firewood around, but... I mean, hey, the story doesn't technically... It wasn't true, but... It was just something that grew on us, I guess. Much like a fungus. (laughs) (laughs) Along those same lines, I mean, we've got a lot of stories. There's like Paul Bunyan and Mm -hmm. Babe the Blue Ox. Um, Even apparently like like Briar Fox and Briar Rabbit Mm -hmm. are American, which I guess I didn't really realize. I mean, it makes sense now. Yeah. And then we've Johnny got Appleseed. Johnny Appleseed, stuff like that. But there's a, there's like a modern myth that I think has really affected us as a culture in, in, in our, like, you know, the last couple decades or so. And it's the legend of D.B. Cooper. Mm, yes. Yeah. This was a, this was a real guy. This is a real cold case. The FBI cold case. D.B. Cooper, he hijacked a plane in, I want to say, 1971. And, and yeah, he, he told the flight attendant that he had a bomb and, you know, here's the demands when they landed the plane, you know, the FBI and they gave into his demands for the most part. I mean, they had, they had a backup plan on like how to catch him because he also wasn't going to get off the plane. So they're like, Hey, he can't get off the plane. We'll just catch him when he lands. 
But uh, they gave him the money to, I think it was like some two, 200 or so thousand dollars. He, D.B. Cooper did leave, let some of the passengers get off as a sign of good faith, which is why they were willing to give him the money or something like that. The part of the hostage plans was that they were going to fly him north. So I think Canada, something mm-hmm. like that. They were in the Oregon, Washington state area to begin with. And D.B. Cooper deviated from the plans that he had given the FBI by parachuting out of the plane. Never to be found again. I wonder he's if, gone. I wonder if he's the reason why, like, they say they don't negotiate with terrorists anymore. Because, like, the American government lost $200,000. <laughs> I, I mean, I think there's, there's, yeah, I think there was, I mean, like, that D.B. Cooper changed the way that Hostage the FBI negotiations. deals with. I mean, well, there's still, for a while there, there was still a lot of, like, well, let's work with mm-hmm. the criminals, essentially. Uh, but, yeah, there's a little bit less of the whole, like, we'll just catch up on your lands. Be like, mm, maybe they got a plan B. <laughs> I I know other cultures and other countries have this too, but in American mythos, for sure, there's definitely a a love of the con artist, mm-hmm. like the heist man, the the huckster. Yeah, and D.B. Cooper is like a legend yeah. among the hucksters. I mean, like, yeah, you defrauded the government out of, <laughs> and you jumped out of a plane. <laughs> That's amazing, and he got away with it. It's a cold case. Nobody knows. I mean, like D.B. Cooper is obviously like a cover name. Like nobody yeah. knows who this guy is. He just whoosh off into the night or daytime. I don't remember what time he jumped out of the plane. You know how uh, uh like young like pop star wannabe kids have like posters of Taylor Swift and Miley Cyrus and stuff. Yeah. I feel like young could be bank robbers have posters of D.B. Cooper. Oh, for sure. I mean, and also like, we've got a ton of, of bank robbers. I mean, Bonnie we, and we, Clyde. In, we invented bank robbery. Yeah. Only America did not, not we personally. Yeah, I mean, don't tell them that we did. Cause... I asked for samples at the bank and they usually tell me to leave. Uh, yeah. It's <laughs> pain. But yeah, Bonnie and Clyde. I mean, even uh, like Jesse James. Yeah. Oh, oh, fun fact. Billy I'm, the Kid. I'm related to Belle Star, <gasps> who was part of the Jesse James gang. So, hey. Nice. <laughs> but yeah. Like, you couldn't like, see that, but I was like totally tossing my hair around like, what up, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean like bank robberies, train heists. Yeah. Like, that was us. Yeah. <laughs> we did that. Other people did it too, but we did that. Yeah. We did it. Yeah. We did it okay. <laughs> Well, we died a lot. <laughs> I, mean, I think it's kind of funny that there's a lot of um, lore and stuff around, like, Americans trying to get around taking responsibility for shit. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> because another... Ad- about getting rich quick and never doing anything responsible. <laughs> yeah. Well, another another really popular myth, urban legend thing is, like, the sewer and the alligator. Yeah. Um, so, in, in the late 1920s and early 1930s, it was kind of common for people to buy exotic pets yeah i mean and so kind of the way still that the, kind of common now it just depends on what kind of exotic pet we're yeah, getting. yeah yeah at, at the time alligators were considered exotic okay to people that would yeah. buy them in florida and then like come back to like say new york in the 1930s teddy may the commissioner of sewers in new york city gave a bunch of interviews claiming that people had flushed their alligator down the toilet like they're could be pet alligator once it got too big, mm-hmm. could flush it down the toilet. And now it was like living in the sewers. And people would kind of take that and then run with it and say like, oh, oh well, yeah, I've been down there. 
Uh, and I saw the alligators too. And, you know, there wasn't ever really any actual proof of it. Some people would say like, oh, well, it's an albino alligator, which are very, very rare. And then some people would say, no, it's just a regular alligator, but it's it's just giant is all. Like, it's just yeah. living off of so much trash and stuff that it's, it's giant. Uh-huh. Um, but in 2010, police in Queens actually found a two-foot baby alligator in the sewers. Oh, my God. But they don't think it would have gotten any bigger because the winters are so harsh and cold up there that there's no way that a cold-blooded animal could live in the sewers for that long. But, like, this this myth is... Yeah. Well, this this myth has been around for for almost 100 years now. Like, just just under 100 years. Yeah. And, like, we're just now finding out that it's a a for real thing that I guess could happen. Like, somebody dropped an alligator in the sewer. Here's a here's one too, the very similar vein, but is also real. Like it is for sure real. And certain cities have had issues with this. Rats in the toilet. Mm. Because most sewers are not it's not like just filled with water all the time. Mm. It's usually empty unless water is currently being flushed down the drains. Yeah. And so there's a lot of empty space. Rats live in sewers. It's a thing. They eat the trash and stuff that lives down there. And occasionally they will crawl up. And the only part of in like Modern day plumbing, like getting up to our toilets, the only part that's actually underwater is in the pee trap, that mm-hmm. little area. And so that's only, and it's a very tiny area. So there's only have to like, for a couple of seconds, have to like hold their breath and stuff. There have been very many cases of rats. Usually it's a city that's having a plague problem mm-hmm. or plague, like a plague of rats problem. Mm-hmm. And they'll just start popping up in through the toilets. Great. I'm never into... taking a shit ever again. <laughs> it is freaky but but like you know there'll be too many rats in the sewers and the rats are like oh we need to branch out and find better find better food sources well i'll go this way i'll go this way and eventually some of them start coming up out of the toilets yeah i'm not okay with that people's houses not okay with that that's a real thing nope that's not a myth yes it is shut up (laughs) nope rats are a myth myth. rats aren't real neither are them climbing through my toilet yeah (laughs) I think I just I just freaked out. See, I I refuse. If I'm ever going to use the restroom again, I let's talk refuse. about more pleasant things. Tell me about something. Let's, uh, something a lighter note. Tell me about the Hook Man. Oh yes, dismemberment. Excellent. Um, okay, so the Hook Man. A lot of people know about this. Hook Man was originally the okay. So the way that the legend goes is that there's a a, a teenage couple sitting in their car and, like, on Lover's Lane. They're making out, getting a little hot and heavy. You know, they're holding hands and doing some stuff. <gasps> they're holding hands? Yeah. Oh, no. Oh. Um, <laughs> and they're listening to the radio, and then the song cuts out, and over the radio, the announcer comes on, and he says, Attention, everybody in the area. This lunatic has either escaped prison or a mental institution, uh, depending on who's telling the story. Um, and you should be on the lookout. He uh, is a murderer and has one hook for a hand. And so... The the girl's kind of like, well, I don't want to, we should leave. Like, this isn't all right. And the, and the guy's like, no, let's go back to holding hands and smushing faces. And she's like, oh, Billy, no. And he's like, Sally, yes. And then they hear like the stump on the car. And she's like, oh, it's him. And he's like, no, it's not. And she's like, it is. And so he's like, I'll prove it to you. And he gets out, goes and looks and, and he's out there for a while. And so she gets out too, to go see where he's at. She looks around and can't, can't find him. And so some stories go that she just happens to look up and others go that she feels this liquid dripping on her. And so she looks up and hanging from the tree above their vehicle is, is, is the boyfriend, the, the, is Billy, 
beloved Mm -hmm. Billy, who has been murdered. And so this legend originated in the 1950s, but it didn't really gain a whole lot of traction until the 1960s, where it was reprinted in a Dear Abby column. Oh. I guess people don't really remember the origin of it, because it very quickly became something that people were like, oh yeah, no, the Hookman's real. Oh, like he's sure. he's for real for real. Like like I know somebody that was murdered by the hip, yeah. hook man. My cousin's brother's dog walker's wife. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> was murdered by the hook man. Yeah. So <laughs> I I know it happens. So that's I mean yeah dismemberment and murder and the end. honestly that's it that's the american mythos right there it really is it really is it's something tragic some almost sex and then murder like yeah like the teenagers doing things they're not supposed to yeah the Uh, whole the whole whole reason the Hookman was written was so that uh it's kind of like a fable almost to get mm -hmm. young people to not make out on lover's lanes so yeah which lover's lane is a thing that happens in almost every single town yeah, it's kind of like, I don't, I don't know if that's American, but in case it is just American and, and Amer- non-American listeners don't know, it's kind of like this, usually it's like a back road or yeah. uh, just some Pretty place that people can, yeah. That people can't see you on. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a good place to smush booties. <laughs> to park your car and make out. Yeah. Especially so. for like teens living at home. So they can't like, they can't take their, their girlfriend, boyfriend to their parents' house. Yeah. So they need to find a place. To, to get the groove on somewhere yep. else and you know, and also get murdered and also get murdered i think we're out of time really quick before we end our our next episode you getting smashed i'm getting drunk he's getting drunk again and, and telling us a story in the meantime though uh we'll also be trying to read some books because we've got our second installment of the su- basic bitches summer reading list mm-hmm. and we're going over shifters and werewolves yep i think mostly werewolves but shifters yeah the books that we're reading are Blood and Chocolate by Annette curtis Kloss, Sharp Teeth by Toby Barlow, Shiver by Maggie Steve Otter, Kissing Sin by Carrie Arthur, and the Nightshade series by, I can't remember who. Yeah. <laughs> by people. Oh, we'll also probably be discussing uh, Bitten, written by Kelly Armstrong. Yes, yeah. And then hopefully, if we play our cards right, we will be having a guest temp intern. Woo! Yeah! It's my best friend. I've known her since I was a wee baby teenager. (laughs) So get all those books read, and we'll see you next time. Woo! Bye! Thanks for listening. And don't forget to like, 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 and subscribe to As The Myth Turns on Tumblr, Instagram, and Twitter. And visit us on patreon.com slash ATMT. Transcripts for this episode can be found at our WordPress site, asthemythturns.wordpress.com. Our theme song is called Fretless by Kevin McLeod. You can find this song and all his others at incompetech.com. <laughs>